are in part two of this movie called How to Train Your Dragon. So, how many of you guys actually went out last week and watched the whole movie? We're going to have a message on self-control here coming up soon. Just kidding. (laughs) You watched it? Good for you. Well, there are people who haven't watched it, so remember, don't spoil it for them, okay? So we're, we're going into the next part. So for those of you who are just joining us here in our month at the movies, we're spending all of January going through this movie, How to Train a Dragon. We're watching 20-minute segments around each time. And after watching the video clip, we're going to have a message, a very short message based on the, what we saw. And then we'll wrap up with some discussion. So... This is where we kind of get, some of you guys get real comfortable and some of you guys get a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. We're, we're in the house of God. We're, we're in the presence of God. And we're here to learn how to get out of our comfort zone and get into the lives of people. That's what we're called to do, aren't we? So that's what we're going to do. Last week we saw that Hiccup, he's the main character in this movie. He is a young teenage Viking he doesn't fit in very well with the rest of his village who is out fighting dragons. And these dragons are kind of these enemies of, of the village because they come and take away sheep and all these good things from the people. But um, his dad, Hiccup's dad, he's the Viking chief, won't let Hiccup fight because he's skinny, he's small, he's clumsy. And so he wants him to stay indoors. But does Hiccup listen? He doesn't listen. He slips into battle somehow, and he actually brings down this mysterious dragon called the Night Fury Dragon away from the village. He goes and and checks it out, and sure enough, he has this dragon in in, in ropes, and he's about to kill it, but can he kill it? He can't kill it. He's not a dragon killer. Instead, what does he do? He lets it go. He lets it go, and... Secretly, he is going and visiting this dragon, trying to observe and, and look and, and learn about it without anybody knowing. And, and so this dragon is hurt. He can't fly, and that's why he's able to, to, to see him visit him. So that's where we left off uh, for you guys who haven't seen the movie just yet, and this is where we're going to pick back up. So let's go ahead and start the movie now and watch the next 20 minutes, and then we'll get back here to our message. Yeah. I don't know how they do it, but my goodness, they, they just make him so enjoyable. It's wonderful to see this relationship and this friendship forming between Hiccup and his name is Toothless. You call him Toothless, this, this dragon. But as you, probably as you're watching through the movie, this kind of friendship impossible, Right? This, this girl named Astrid, kind of um, Hiccup's secret crush, if you will, said to Hiccup in the training arena, she said, is this some kind of joke to you? Because Hiccup didn't seem to be taking the training very seriously, right? Our parents' war is about to become our war. Figure out which side you're on. Are you on our side or are you on their side? Because there are only two sides and in any kind of war, there are just two sides. And whichever side you are, the other side is considered the enemy, right? So 
Whatever side you're on, the other side is the enemy. But as Christians, the Bible tells us something very different, that there is another enemy. In fact, it says that this actually is the real enemy. And that is the message title for us this morning. Let's read today's Bible quote. It comes from Luke chapter 6, verse 28. And it says this, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Say this with me. It's a short verse. Read this out loud. Let's read this out loud together. Ready? Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Even though we do fight with people, you might fight with your brother or sister, we might fight with our wives and husbands or coworkers, bosses, whatever it may be, the Bible tells us that our fight, however, is not against people. Okay? And this is our first point. You can follow along on your booklet and fill in the word if you'd like. Our fight is not against people. Listen to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says this, Our fight is not against people on earth. We are fighting against the rulers and authorities and the powers of this world's darkness. We are fighting against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly world. So Hiccup, he realized eventually that the dragon wasn't his enemy, right? And just like Hiccup realized the dragon wasn't his enemy, we also need to realize that whoever we're mad at, whoever has hurt us, whoever other people are trying to get us to believe that they are the enemy, that person or that pe- those people are not our enemy, Okay? The real enemy is the powers of this world's darkness and the spiritual powers of evil. My friends, if we don't get that, then we're going to waste a lot of fighting energy, okay? Because there's a fight to fight. The Bible tells us there's a fight to fight. There is a war to wage. But if we're wasting our energy fighting the wrong enemy, it's completely a waste. In fact, it can be actually very damaging. The fight that we have is against the world's darkness, the spiritual powers of evil. People, no matter how mad you are, no matter how bad they seem to be, they're not the real enemy. People are who God wants to save. People are the very very reason that Jesus sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to save just like you and just like me. Listen to Ephesians 2, chapter 2 in the New Living Translation version. It says, You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. So the devil is actually the commander of the spiritual power of darkness and evil. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. The real enemy is the devil. And I know you've heard that before. If you come to church and you've been going to Bible school, you know that the devil is an enemy, but 
I believe we need the work of the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and really see in our present day of the people that we're interacting with, whether they be our parents, whether be, they be the people that have been harassing, the people in traffic, it doesn't matter. The devil is the real enemy. And he is the commander of everyone who refuses to obey God. And we used to be like that. We used to be enemies of God. Did you know that? The Bible tells us, over and over again, that we used to be enemies of God. Listen, well, let me get to that in a little bit. It's a little ways down. But we used to be enemies of God. I'll get that into in, a little, in a little bit here. So to remember the next time when you feel like a person's your enemy, we have to remember that they are not. We cannot fight that person. We have to fight the real enemy. And but when we do, we can't fight with then worldly weapons, okay? When you fight the enemy, the real enemy, you can't use worldly weapons. Here's the second point. We must fight with God's weapons. Praise God that he has given us weapons. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says this, The weapons we use to fight are not the world's weapons, but God's powerful weapons which we use to destroy strongholds, we destroy false arguments. Remember that scene when Hiccup took his knife out and he dropped, dropped it on the ground and he kicked it into the sea? That's what we have to do too. We have to drop the worldly weapon we, we think are, we're going to use and we can't do that because if we use worldly weapons, you're going to get worldly results. You're going to get resentment, you're going to get hatred, you're going to get division, you're going to get unforgiveness. That's what you're going to get when you use worldly weapons. One example of a worldly weapon is blame. Yeah? So when somebody blames you with that's a worldly weapon, if you blame back, all you're going to get is hurt. Lots and lots of hurt and separation. We can't use worldly weapons weapons to fight against the real enemy we got to use god's powerful weapons what does god's powerful weapons look like well let's listen to romans chapter 12 verse 20 through 21 if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him something to drink in doing so you will keep burning coals on his head do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good overcome evil with good see the weapons god used gives us for people will not hurt them it will heal them it will make them whole okay just like hiccup used his skills to make weapons that would kill dragons and he put that down he used the same abilities to instead make instruments that would make healing happen, wholeness happen, in fact, unity happen, to where trust between an enemy and an enemy became not possible, was not possible, became possible, and they started to become one and, and started to trust one another. That's what, that's what Hiccup did, and that's what we need to be doing as well. This is God's way. 
Overcoming evil with good. This is God's way. And that's exactly what God did for you and for me. This is what the verse I was talking about in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 through 22 in the New International Revised Version. It says, At one time you were separated from God. You were enemies in your minds because of your evil ways. But because Christ died, God has brought you back to himself. Christ's death has made you holy in God's sights. So you don't have any flaw. You are free from blame. So if you're free from blame, don't blame. Okay? You, you don't have to defend yourself because God has already spoken who you are in Christ. This is how we have to then go forward, being able to then pick up the weapons that God has given us. They're different kinds of weapons. Now, they're not like the worldly weapons. Remember how now Hiccup was able to handle the dragons differently. In the arena, he didn't pick up his axe. He got some grass, didn't he? And he got to handle them differently. Instead of hurting them, he got to win them. And that's why we're here on earth, is to win people for Jesus, not to hurt them back. Okay? And... The world says, fight fire with fire. I say, instead, wash people with the water. Yeah? Instead, wash their feet. Baptize them in the presence of God and in the love of Jesus Christ. Let Jesus use us to speak his words of love, to act in love, and to pray for them with the very love of God. In fact, prayer is one of the most powerful weapons that we have in God. That is a weapon. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise, especially the devil. The, the prayer that we have is the most powerful weapon against the real we- enemy. And we must use it. We must use it. When we use prayer, what we do is we connect with the very heart of God. We connect with the will of God. We connect with the presence of God. And we bring God, who is almighty, right into the battlefield with us. We bring his power. We bring his presence. We bring his purpose and his will. And it's like they say, it's like bringing a bazooka to a knife fight when we bring all of Jesus Okay, And so that's what we do when we bring prayer. It's not just asking God for things. It's connecting with his heart of how he wants to overcome with good. So that we, when we are tempted, we can pray. When we are hurt and feeling hurt by somebody, we, we can pray. When we feel anger that can lead to, to hate, we must pray. And pray over the people. Pray over that person. Pray that the love of God will fill their heart and transform them completely. Pray that the grace of God will break through them so that he can deliver them. That's what we can pray. And it is a weapon, not to hurt, but to save. So we must fight with God's weapons. And also, we must put on 
all of God's armor so that we will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Not only do we have weapons to fight with, we also have God's armor that we must put on. So what is this armor? Well, it's nothing like the world's armor. And it's something we're going to actually talk a little bit more about in our discussion time. So I'll leave room for that. And we're going to go into our discussion time now. I love the discussions that are happening. What I've asked, um, uh, excuse me, what I want to do at this moment is to bring someone from the discussion time, and I've asked them ahead of time, so I'm not going to pick anyone on random, <laughs> to just share with us a little, a little a bit about what God's been putting on their hearts for through the message, through the video, through um, the discussion time, and then we can hear from them. And we'll wrap up our, our time today. So I've asked Joyce to do that. Joyce, if you don't know Joyce, this is Joyce Park. She is one of our leaders of Unlimited Youth Ministry. And she just has a wonderful way with just bringing God's truth to young people, but also, I think, to every person. So, Joyce, what was on your heart? What do you think God's bringing into our hearts through the message time, through the video, maybe even the discussions you've had, if you can share with us a little bit, that'd be wonderful. Um, I think I want to first share something that came out of our group. Um, one of the students mentioned that it was just amazing how, um, I was going to say toothless, but Hiccup was set apart and he was different. Um, and we kind of talked about that last week, and that just reminded me how when we are called um, as his children, even though we live amongst just people, right, believers and non-believers, God would set us apart. And I always thought separating is bad, but we kind of learned that God, with his purpose, will separate us and set us apart for a specific purpose. So we are different, and it's okay to be different. Um, but we, we are still in the world, living with both believers and non-believers. Um, something that really spoke to me personally was how in this world, and this is sad, but we grow up learning that when we kind of see other people's weaknesses, we keep them. And we can kind of use that against them when they attack us, right? Even in important relationships. However, here, um, I was so touched because Hiccup was there observing and learning of the weakness of what he was taught that this dragon was supposed to be his enemy. But he studies him and he actually goes back to help him. And in order for him to help and save this dragon, he had to risk his life. Um, and so, even as um, Christians, sometimes it's easy to help other people or be in ministry, get involved, when it does not risk a lot of things. You know, um, oh, this is something that I can give. This is like my leftover or something that I can. But if you read the Bible more and more, you realize in order for us to save people, because we have been saved by God, that there are going to be times we would have to risk a lot. And I was very encouraged by that. And that spoke to me personally. <laughs> yeah. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Joyce. That was, I believe, a good wrap-up of what God is bringing into us about his message of truth. He says, Jesus said, the one who tries to save his own life will lose it. But the one who loses his life for my sake will save it. Right? And, and here's the thing. If there is somebody you're in a fight with, that you're in conflict with, Let's, let's take this to heart and instead of thinking about all the things that have made you angry, start to learn about the person. Have you ever tried to just learn about them? To really sit back and say, what is it that God wants to teach me about this person? About who they are? Because once we start to do that, something else opens up. Then we can use the weapons that God has given to you, the weapons that are mighty in God, to heal and to make whole instead of...